Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is designed especially for our podcast listeners, and it focuses on helping us to get into God's Word for a few minutes each day, oh, about 12 or 13 minutes, and in that way helps us to have a better focus on the day to be more spiritually minded, to think about our relationship with our Heavenly Father, and to be better prepared to take on whatever that day throws at us. Now, we encourage you to help others along this line by sharing these short studies. You can do that through Facebook friends, you can do that through text messages, or maybe some other technological means that you have access to. In doing so, in sharing, you can help them to have a better perspective on the day, and maybe on life. Maybe it can help them turn their lives around, and they can start thinking about their souls and their eternal destiny. You may help them get to heaven. Think about that. So share with your friends, your family members, your neighbors, your work associates, anybody and everybody. It could change their life. We're going to continue our study and talk about life changing. So many people need to change their life along these particular lines, and that is sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is rampant. It is all around us. It is used in just about every conceivable way to bombard us with the allurement of sexuality. Now, there's nothing wrong with sexuality in the proper framework. God designed us with a sexual reality, a sexual identity, male and female. And when we look at, perhaps a man looks at a woman and sees beauty, God designed women that way. And women look at a man and they see a handsome feature, God designed us that way. There's nothing wrong with that. But when we start to let our minds run and simple attraction or simple notice of a pretty woman or handsome man then develops into lust, now we've got a problem because we've entered into sin. We've been talking about David and Bathsheba in 2 Samuel chapter 11 and also chapter 12, and where David looked upon Bathsheba as she bathed off in a distance, as he was walking on his rooftop of the palace one evening, and then instead of turning his head and looking away, because he had several wives and many children, rather he lingered in looking and then inquired about her because lust had developed. And then he sent for her and he committed adultery with her. And then finding out who she was married to, and ironically, she was married to one of his own soldiers who was on the battlefield fighting against an enemy at that very time. He ultimately tried to deceive that husband, that soldier who was loyal to the king, and David was king of Israel. He tried to deceive him into thinking that the son or the child that would be born would be his own child. When the man did not go into his wife when David sent him from the battlefield to come to see him, supposedly on some kind of mission. And the man said, no, I can't go in and enjoy the comforts of my home while my fellow soldiers are fighting in the battlefield. I can't go in and be with my wife while they are 
not having that privilege themselves because they're fighting in the battlefield? Well, he was a man of principle. So ultimately, David sent note, sent a note to the general on the field and instructed him to put Bathsheba's husband in the forefront of the battle and then withdraw from him so that he would be killed in battle. And that was exactly what happened. And then David took his wife to become his own wife. And in that way, he thought to cover up his sin. But you see, it was not one sin. He lingered in looking at her. He allowed lust to develop. He inquired about her, and then he took her. And then he deceived her husband, tried to, and we might call that tantamount to lying, and then he had him killed. We might consider that close to murder. And then he took his wife. Well, God saw it all. God saw saw every bit of it. You see, we need to be careful. The Bible shows remarkable insight into human personality and specifically warns Ben of mental adultery. Going back to Matthew chapter 5, beginning with verse 27, Jesus said this, You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Matthew 5, verses 27 and 28. And the scriptures caution women, but I would expand this and say that it also cautions cautions men because we are in that kind of a cultural mentality right now where fashion design is, is in many cases such that it is, call, it, is, it is designed to call attention to the body in improper ways, both women and men. But now look at what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 9. In like manner also he wrote that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. Sometimes a woman's body can be completely covered, or a man's body, but it's with tight clothing. It's with form-fitting clothing designed to particularly call attention to those parts of the body, to cause the opposite sex to look upon their body, and it does not leave much to the imagination. The Bible warns us against provocative kind of dress. Now, adultery is a terrible crime. We've read about that in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 4 and 5. Oh, if we read on through chapter 12, we'd see where God ultimately brought David into judgment. And when the child was born, the child died. But it was not just that. Later on, if we followed the story out all the way to the end, we saw that ultimately war broke out and David was disgraced in front of his own people. Civil war became a reality and a lot of people died, including one of his own sons. You can read the account yourself as you go through Second Samuel. Moses' seventh commandment, and this is God's seventh commandment, 
part of what we call the Ten Commandments. But the seventh one says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Exodus 20 and verse 14. It is repeated in the New Testament. Romans 13 and verse 9 and James chapter 2 and verse 11. Each of the Ten Commandments, those original commandments, protected something of value. And this seventh one protected the home. Because you see, when adultery, when sexual immorality is entered into by a married person, the home very likely is going to break up. And that does not just hurt the person being sinned against or the person committing the sin or the person with whom the sin has been committed, but it also hurts the children and potentially grandchildren as well. So of all the common sins that can be committed against a marriage, adultery is the worst. It is a sin against God. If we go back to 2 Samuel chapter 11 and verse 27, we read this. And when her mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Because you see, God is omniscient, and he's omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time and sees everything all the time. And God knew exactly what had happened. And all sin is ultimately against God. All sin. But the sin of adultery or sexual immorality, in the case of a married person, is also a sin against his spouse or her spouse. It is also a sin against the other person. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 9, and a sin against one's own body. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 18. And it is the only sin, and this indicates how terrible a sin it is. It is the only sin that God looks upon as qualifying the innocent party in a marriage relationship to divorce his or her guilty spouse, the one who is guilty of that sin, and remarry. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 9. And it has potentially many other terrible consequences. Now we noted how in David's case, one sin led to another. And you know, that's the way it is with so many sins. Someone thinks, well, you know, I know I shouldn't have done that. And, and I'm going to tell this lie to cover up that sin, whatever it was. Maybe it was another lie. But then ultimately, they, that one lie doesn't do the trick. So they have to tell another lie to cover up maybe the second lie. And then maybe another one to cover up that one. And it goes on and on and on. And then maybe some physical action is necessary in their mind. So one sin leads to another. David looked, but that wasn't the sin. He lingered. Oh, now that became sin. Because lust developed and that became sin. And then he inquired about her. That was developing the sin further. And then he committed adultery with her. And that was even worse. And then he sent for her husband and tried to deceive him. And that was just another sin on top of all the others. And then ultimately had his, her husband killed. And that was a terrible sin. But 
all of the others were terrible as well. And then by marrying her and not owning up to his sin, uh, well, he tried to cover it up and that was another sin. You see, that's the way sin is. The devil is not in any way innocent in what he tries to do to you. He tries to engulf you in a lifestyle of sin. Don't be careless. Be on guard. Let's pray. Father, help us to stand strong against temptation. Help us, Father, to be on guard, particularly against sexual temptation. Help us to live righteously before you so that you can be pleased with us in the way that we live our lives so that we can look forward to being with you in heaven for all of eternity. Please, Father, we pray this. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.